Hello, boys and girls. This is Steve Tripp coming to you live from the Top Strength Project, and this is the Top Strength Cast, a grit original. I am here to denounce the limitless bullshit surrounding the industry by sharing my own personal experiences and insights in an attempt to offer a more direct, sensible, and authentic approach to becoming the best version of ourselves. Other experts at the top of their fields will be joining me to cover training for and competing in strength sports along with all things muscle. It is my goal to offer as much value through this platform as possible because I believe that there is no cruise control. There is no maintaining. You're either learning, growing, and getting better, or you're going backwards. So wake up, be present, be relentless, and let's go. Hello, boys and girls. We're back again. We're doing another episode. Can you believe it? I believe this is episode six, maybe seven. And today I'm joined by a longtime friend and supporter of myself and the Top Strength Project, Leo Cormier of Recovery CBD. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. So just kind of a, a, a bit of kind of what we're looking to get into today. So with the explosion of, you know, CBD products, um, kind of how all that came to be, you know, before marijuana started to slowly become legalized in certain states here and there. Um, just kind of really interested on, before you got into um, the CBD industry, I understand you were at, Bo- I started at Boston Sports Club. That was kind of my first training job, Boston Sports Club here in Providence, Rhode Island. I believe you were up in the management uh, position up in, up in Boston. So we kind of came from a similar starting point. So if you don't mind, um, talk a bit about how you came into the fitness industry, how you ended up at Boston Sports Club, and what made you decide to transition into uh, the CBD industry. Sure. Yeah, love to. Uh, so I started at Gold Gym. I, I didn't go to college out of high school. Where at? Uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. So th- that was the first one that I worked. Um, and I loved it. I mean, it, it was uh, 1999 or 2000. You know, the, the gym was just rocking. You know, I had a great time. I, I, I was making good money in, in sales. Um, I started, Is that what you're doing, membership sales? I was doing membership sales. I happened to start in January, so that, that, that became a little bit of a... Uh, it's a strong start. A, a strong start, uh, but I really... Is this what it's going to be like? <laughs> and then it's like March, you're I, like, fuck. I, June. I got a bartend. July, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just, I love being around the gym. I loved um, helping people, you know, there, and and being part of what, what people were doing. And, and I had been working out at that point for... Uh, five or six years, you know, it was something that was really important to me. So, um, how old were you in 99? Uh, in 99, I was 19. Right. Um, so from there, um, I had some other sales jobs, which really brought me back to, I don't like sales. Uh, I liked working in fitness and I, and I, I, I did well in that because I enjoyed it. It's an interesting it. scenario because it, it, it is sales. What we do is sales, but yeah. I definitely don't consider myself a salesperson at all. When, right. when, when I hear, you know, and I, I don't like look into this, but the, the, the brief amount that I've heard about like sales culture, you know, things like cold calls and, and certain ways to articulate the way you speak, basically to kind of, you know, it's, it's manipulation essentially. But in fitness, if you're about it, it's like you're just trying to be like, hey, check this shit out. You know, right. I like it. It's right. a little more authentic. So it is sales, but really we're trying to sell something that we're passionate about. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, that that's a whole other a rabbit hole. I, I've I've met some of the best, most educated trainers that I've, I've ever seen 
and they can't transfer that emotion in a sales process to a, a, a potential client. So if you don't at least have that baseline of skill, then you don't get to use any of the, the tools that, that you've worked on, you know, to get that person involved. You know, people would come with all these certifications and degrees like, oh, this, this guy's great. He knows everything. He's going to do great. And then it's just talking over people's heads, you know, the, the whole time. And it's also so. like, dude, do you know what this feels like? Because that's a huge right. component. Yeah. And of course, there's the there's the physical component of fitness, but there's also the psychological, and that's something that you know you 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 could be taught. I mean, I don't have a background in psychology, but it's it's going through the trials and tribulations of training, the ups and downs that I think would be lacking in that situation, no matter how many acronyms he or she might have after his name, right? yeah, his or her no, name. Absolutely. I, for honestly, for most of my career in fitness with trainers, I looked for a, a solid certification and some type of customer service background. You know, those are the people that did really well switching from the restaurant industry, which is a grind, you know, a lot of those those skills transfer. And if you've gotten a good certification and have been passionate about it, those those are the people I've seen really, you know, be pretty successful with it. Not not the ones that, you know, there's there's a place for people that are highly educated like that. It's just not your regular on the corner gym, you know, with, with your, your regular user coming. Yeah, they would probably be more appropriate more to, to train trainers. Right. You know, and, and you, you hit a point that I bring up a lot when I speak to people who want to come on as trainers or who say they want to be personal trainers or just when they're asking what it's like to be in this industry. I would say if you have one guy that literally knows everything about training, adaptation, exercise, nutrition, like literally knows everything, this, this like computer of a human, and then you have this other guy that knows, let's say, 10% of what the, the brainiac knows – if the 10% guy is able to be relatable and communicate his 10% more effectively than this guy can do his 100, he's the guy that's going to be successful in the industry. Um, it's so much more about interpersonal relationships. Like you said, you know, I, I think you, I, I share your kind of um, same experience where it's like you're around like-minded people in a gym setting and you're kind of like, I like this. I can get used to this. You feel kind of a part of something. It's, 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 more, it's so much more about being relatable and, um, and, and, you know, for lack of a better word, likable when it comes to building uh, a customer service based business in, in this industry, be it training or I'm sure with um, you know, a CBD company that you do yeah, now. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so when you talk about sales too, man, when, when I started, you know, it was, um, you know, the, the lead boxes had to go out. There, there was like things that you could not ask an entry level employee to do literally like are illegal, but also things that just people wouldn't do today. Um, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, there was a Saturday in, in like June, it was summer is typically pretty slow. Um, but I had 12 membership sales in the morning and uh, I'm all, you know, I'm proud of myself. 12, it's a big day. So the owner walks in, I tell him, Chris, we got, we had 12 sales today. He looks me dead in the face. He says, how many of them were your appointments? Says, uh, uh, mine haven't shown up yet today. He says, I've sold 12 memberships. Are you going to punch in and do your job today? And that was just the, the sales mentality that everything was just, it was brutal. You know, yeah. it was um, fitness sales really was one of the, got to one of those things. It was a really bad name. Bally's at that time had been doing those long contracts with people. Um, so yeah, when, when you talk about sales, getting that sort of negative connotation to it, that's, you know, the, the, the pressure that management would put on for, for sales numbers and, and all that, everything driven behind it. Um, yeah. We just, uh, you know, as we talked about before, too. It's it's challenging, especially when you're in that middleman position. It's like you're trying to speak to somebody, you're trying to sell them a membership to the gym, and 
unfortunately, you, you can find yourself being a bit more pushy than you'd probably like to be because you have the guys upstairs coming down on you. You have numbers to hit, this, that, and the other. You know, they're up your ass all the time. Um, how big of a facility, how big of a gym was was the Golds that you started at back in 99? Uh, I want to say, you know, it's another, it was a full-service club, group fitness, kids club. Um, so I want to say it was around 40,000 square feet or so. 40,000? Yeah. This is 89, so that's almost five times. That's a big club. Yeah, this is a big club. How yeah. big was your membership? Um, th that club was rocking. I don't know what the numbers were, but they did fine. You know, I would was, say uh, it was I, the heyday of Gold's gyms. So. Yeah, B BSC was probably fifteen or twenty thousand square feet, and they they had, I think, two. They floated between two thousand and twenty two hundred members. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if you were between probably and five and seven or more. Yeah, probably somewhere around that because they were. You know, I had, they were in contracts, so you had members that, that had to stay longer than they even wanted to be there or use the club, um, and there just wasn't the options. It was, you know, in 99, it was Worlds, Powerhouse, Golds. That was pretty much it. You had some, you know, some one-offs, local local gyms here and there, but um, it, it certainly wasn't the, uh, the options that you have today. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of that big box gym model or, or, or bust, you know? Right, yeah. And when I was in college, this is back in 2005, 2010, it, it was still, that, that was still kind of the norm because I took a course called PI, Planning, Implementation, and Evaluation of, of Exercise Programs. It was basically a class about opening your own gym. And I, after taking that course, never wanted to open a gym less of my life because you talk about, you know, the big box gyms, the cost, all the cardio. I mean, it's, it's millions and millions of dollars, tons of liability, and just a huge monthly nut to cover. Yep. And it really wasn't until the explosion of, of CrossFit when you started seeing all of these warehouse style, mm -hmm. you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollar spaces where you could make three, five, six thousand square feet work mm -hmm. because that, you know, that, that, that different kind of kind of take on, on fitness, the more specialized approach kind of erupted. And now, I mean, it's so much different now. You know, th this is kind of a, a, a cross between the two, the Top Strength Project, where it's, it's 9,000 square feet. We have, we have a membership, but, you know, very, very light contracts. I'm not trying to have 5,000 members. I'm trying to have 500. It's truly a quality over quantity business model. Um, and I would say it's kind of the antithesis of your Planet Fitnesses, where they open their doors, they want to sell five or ten thousand memberships at ten bucks a piece at pre-sale, and then just collect the money. Where if you don't want to come here, no problem. You know, it's it's all good. You know, it's 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 I'm more interested in having four to five hundred people that want to be here that will pay the the sixty seventy dollars a month. Um, help you know join and take advantage of our specialized services than having, you know, a huge membership, most of which, like you said, aren't even coming. Right, right. So uh, how and, long were you at Gold's? Um, I was there about a year um, before, um, you know, I said I, I went into some different sales. And, you know, like I, like I said, I, I found that I wasn't, I did okay in sales, but I really needed to be around doing something that I liked. Um, so I really bounced my career around uh, quite a bit. I started with a company um, called Lifestyle Family Fitness in, in North Carolina um, that eventually um, got um, acquired by Lifetime Fitness. Um, so I wound up working for Lifetime for a few years in that process. And that, that was... Lifetime, they have, a, they have a gym in the Boston area. It's like, it's like yeah. a mecca. It's, yeah. like, it's like a shopping mall. Yeah, that, that's their thing. And, and that's one thing I actually learned um, from their, their founder, when, when he started that, one of his uh, initiatives was to just take all your excuses away. 
every excuse that somebody had, you know, we have towel service. We're open 24 hours. We have every group fitness class you can imagine. We have every piece of equipment you can imagine. Um, and because he's really, truly passionate about uh, fitness. He, he really, you know, he, he does, a, they do a great job. Um, but it's, it's a grind that, you know, at, at the time I was there, they were still publicly traded company. Um, the, the acquisition was something that was even harder, you know, to, to work through because it didn't go how everybody had planned. Um, and I wound up leaving and, and coming back to Boston. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts. Um, and that's where I started with BSC. Um, so I did a couple more years with BSC still, you know, I, I eventually figured out what my problem is and it's, I don't like to be told what to do. And so I was with these companies pursuing these promotions and trying to get to, you know, uh, uh further in my career. And everything's fine when you're performing at your job, especially at a club level, right? If you don't do everything they tell you, but you, you, you bring all the numbers that they want, they let that slide. But what I finally realized was that if you want that promotion, there's that bend the knee moment with all those companies, because it's not about um, how you can perform. It's making sure that you're the person that's going to tow that company line at the next level. You know, when, when I, you know, we talked about some of the things we've seen in the fitness industry and, and I would always be sort of that um, middleman between the corporate office and my members and my sales team. You know, the, the, the pressure, the stuff that would come down, I would try to absorb that and still create a good experience for my staff and my members and, and do what we could to get it done. Um, they, don't, they don't want that at the district level. They, they want the person that's going to make sure that the pressure is applied, that's going to tow that company line. Um, and it really took me going out and working for myself and analyzing that structures because, you know, it was never a matter of talent. You know, I watched people that had less talent, had less performance, but they don't, you know, they don't tell you, hey, you know, we asked you for those three projects that we didn't really care what the outcome was. We wanted to make sure you did it the way you were told. And um, so that, that in now working for myself, you know, again, I get to do what I'm passionate about. I get to do what I want. I get to do it my way. Um, and, you know, there's obviously never that moment of someone telling me what to do. But, you know, that, that in, is what really ground me down in the fitness industry because I would bounce from these jobs. I'd have a great resume for a general manager job. We talk about a promotion as time would go by. I think I probably told 90% of my bosses to fuck themselves at some point or another. Right? Yeah. And, and they can't do anything about it from that position, right? do a good job they can't fire me because i probably wasn't totally wrong because a lot of these companies just weird shit happens well in their defense i mean they probably have guys above them breathing down their neck too yeah you know? no it's a it, it so so you see it's really becomes like the, a matrix of compliance that is really what becomes important so uh you know i'm very happy things worked out the way they did you know i i, I moved to north carolina took a job down there um, and when my son was born back in North Carolina, right? Because that's where, North, that's where the lifetime company yep, was. Yep. Yep. So I've, I've moved around quite a bit too. So, uh, I've lived in six States, half the new England States at this point. Um, um, so we, we went and took a job there and the, the hours of those positions too, that, that's a whole other thing of, of the amount of time that's put in. Um, so when, you're, you're most likely salary. Uh, so I wound up mostly salary at that position. You know, there's, you know, they, they have a salary and then they have a, a performance, you know, w with, with all those positions. And um, this particular one, I, I just, 
you know, the performance just kept, the, the goalposts kept moving, you know, things just, just kept changing. And, you know, that, that ended up where I, I got a, a particular paycheck. I remember looking at it and I just said to myself, this is how much money it takes to rent you away from your family. What do you, what do you think of that? Yeah. You know, and really like, God, uh, the next day I gave my notice. Um, and the only option there was to really start over. Um, so, uh, when, when I had visited my wife's family, they're from Maine. I had noticed that the, the cannabis industry was just much different there. Where are we uh, time-wise now, like 05? So we're, uh, no, now we're up to 2018. We, oh, all right. We made a couple leaps. So those jobs I stayed with, many of them for, a long time, time, you know, okay. was, uh, three years, five years, seven years. You know, there was, um, so 2018, we moved to Maine uh, because I had seen, you know, these, the stores just, you know, when you go to a st one of these cannabis stores in Mass, or if you've been to one around here, you can tell it's a big operation. You know, it takes a lot to... Uh, uh, I saw a sheet on a guy's house with a marijuana leaf and spray paint that said uh, cannabis here. That was a store. I'm like, okay, I, I think I can get into this here. I think, I think this is worth... So the original plan was to to just get into the industry and kind of see where it went in a few years, where that experience would go. Cause obviously it's been coming down the line that this is going to be federally legalized. This, this, this C is CBD a, we're talking, not cannabis. Uh, no, I'm whole. talking cannabis. Sorry. All right. um, so CBD as had CBD been uh, federally legalized yet in, in 2018? It was in 2018 that that happened. All right. Um, it was available, but it hadn't really um, been ruled on, you know, you could get it, but it was like kind of like, Pro hormones, you know, they're always kind of trying to move around and avoid the FDA and, and this and that. So 2018 with the, the farm bill finally federally legalized um, hemp derived uh, CBD products with uh, less than 0.03% THC. Okay. Um, so, and you, and when, before we started recording, you made a really kind of strong point where you, you found that the stuff was really only available in like you know, not, not, not a place you would want to buy a product to yeah. treat things like chronic pain, anxiety, right. depression. You want to be able to speak to somebody in somewhat of a private setting, not have three guys behind you trying to buy gas. Right. Yeah. I mean, where, where did you see this when it popped up? Is, is gas stations, um, is vape shops, it's places in, in parts of, of the city that, that you don't want to go, or, you know, you don't, you don't want to go and get something for your, your grandmother's neuropathy out of a store like that. Right. Like that. And, uh, there, there was just not a good marketplace for people to ask a couple questions. And, and I feel like the industry in a whole has really kind of missed that. It's like it's tried to come out like just another supplement, right? Like it gets marketed, it gets produced just like any other supplement line does, but it doesn't address the fact that well, there's a lot of questions, you know, around this. Um, a lot of companies really focus on marketing this product, which is just getting your brand out there. And... You know, people have important questions to ask. Like you said, you, you know, who do you want to ask about your anxiety? Because you've heard that this can provide relief for anxiety. Who do you want to ask that to? Who do you want to ask about your your mother's or your grandmother's pain? You know, it's really intimate stuff um, that deserves to be treated and respected that way. So that's why I, I spend a lot of time getting out um, and getting in front of people. And, you know, I, I give out a sample packet, you know, probably most of the people listening to this have gotten one. I hope. Easily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't tell you how many times somebody looks at me. I say that this is just rubbing on your skin for any muscle or joint pain. And they just want to ask if it's going to get them high. Nobody's really been able to ask. Maybe they saw it on the internet. Maybe, 
you know, they saw the product somewhere, but they didn't know how to ask. They're just, it's just one simple question, but it, even if it's been put in front of them, they haven't necessarily been able to trust, you know, that, that person or, or, or that website or, you know, what they're being told. So um, that, that's been a big initiative of mine is to, to get two people to, to help them with, you know, this, this decision. Yeah. Well, it's, so it sounds like you were in sales for, you know, 20 years, yeah, almost 20 yeah. years, almost two decades. And you were frustrated with having people breathing down your neck all the time. And you saw a bit of an opportunity where the, there's this product that you personally believe in, but you see that the way that it's distributed probably isn't ideal and it's not getting the, the attention to detail and basically the sensitivity to the consumer that it deserves or really needs for it to be successful. So you saw an opportunity there and you're like, I'm going all in. So what, what, what yeah. were the steps that went along with that? So we, we moved to Maine. Um, I, I, I got a job at a dispensary, I mean, $12 an hour bud tender job. I mean, really started over. Cannabis was legal in Maine at the time? Yep. Okay. Yep. It was a uh, medical cannabis um, just as a bud tender. So the first thing I wanted to do was um, get in front of people like I had for 20 years. You know, you, you sit down in front of people, you find out what's important to them, you find out what their goals are. And, you know, that's before you even show them around your gym, right? Yeah. So just being at the counter and getting to hear what people said, hear the, the, the questions that people would ask over and over again, even in a, in a medical cannabis environment, people aren't look, people are looking for something that um, can help with the pain. Maybe they don't want to be high all day. You know, some people do, some people don't. Um, so they want to ask that question. You know, they, um, they don't know about dosing and, and a lot of these companies come out and they put 12 different doses in front of you. In my opinion, that's mostly because they want to give you something that you'll buy first, you know, a, a lower price option, um, and then step you up over time. That was one of the first things you communicated to me about your product when we first got connected was that, you know, in the beginning, it, it was kind of tough to get your hands on. The product was just under manufacturing, and a lot of the products out there were underdosed mm -hmm. and over, uh, oversold, overpromoted, where now... At, the, at, the, at this point, and this is probably going back, what, three years, three years four yeah. years maybe? Um, yeah, because it was this location, so three years. You said this stuff's much more readily available, and now everything's properly dosed. All your products are properly dosed, and you know what you're getting, which which is obviously extremely important for any supplement. And that's yeah. probably the biggest issue in the supplement industry as a whole is a lot of the times what's on the label isn't what's in the product, especially with all these proprietary blends and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I was reached out to by a small handful of, of supplement companies who wanted to you know who wanted to endorse and sponsor me, and they wanted to give me a code and a, and a monthly, a monthly salary and all this. I see I use their product, so I, I take a look and I look on the back, and if I see proprietary blend, it's kind of like I'm all set. You know, I, if if the proprietary blend has 12 ingredients and one of which is, say, citrulline, and I know there should be two grams of citrulline or four grams of citrulline in the product, and the total proprietary blend blend of 12 products is 4.2 grams. I know there's not enough of what I'm looking for in there. So that, that's very, very important. Make sure you have the adequate amount in the product you're, you're, you're trying to sell. Yeah, and, and that is what's happened in CBD. You know, you see um, a lot of buzzwords, you know, broad spectrums, full spectrums. Um, and I, I shouldn't say those are buzzwords. You know, they, they all have value, uh, but it's very consuming, c confusing for the consumer. You know, where, where do I even start? Um, so, and, and that was another thing about making my products... Um, dose strong enough um and i, I use just um, cbd isolate and cbg isolate so there, there's no uh, thc in it whatsoever um, it has no taste to it you've used it um it goes great in a drink goes great right under your tongue 
Um, and and it's, its best function is as a daily supplement. So, you know, when I worked in the store, um, there, the price for a proper dose was so much that people would use it as needed, right? Rather than being able to really say, well, this is only two bucks a day. I can take this, this, this product every day. Um, so, so that was another big obstacle for, for getting the people to take it every day is once you got up to um, 50, 60, 75 milligrams a day, it was really cost prohibitive um, to take that. So uh, through making products for the store and seeing how to source this stuff, I also saw that a lot of the price was just the marketing of supplements. You know, that's, we both know that, that that's a huge cost to any of these companies, you know, all the way back to Greg Kovacs and, uh, you know, the uh, muscle tech, oh, yeah. eight page ad reports. And, you know, that's such a huge budget for, for these, um, for, for supplement, so supplement products. Um, I saw an opportunity to really go out and capture users one by one. You know, I, because you're fine going out and doing the legwork and actually connecting with people rather right. than buying airspace or whatever it may be. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never paid for any type of advertising. Um, you know, I've done some sponsorship of stuff. Um, but I, I don't do any Google like this ads. podcast, like this podcast, my man, very excited to do that. <laughs> um, but I've, I've never paid for Google ads or web ads because one, I, I don't know that space at all. I know how to go out and meet somebody and talk to them and, you know, give them something to try and, and create. It's also just so saturated, you know, yeah. and that, that's kind of my jam with, with, with things like that. A lot of it, I think it's just better if you have an authentic product that you believe in, that you stand behind, you not, you don't mind doing a little bit of legwork. I mean, there's plenty of gyms out there. There's tons of supplements out there. CBD's huge. You see stores everywhere. So it's kind of like um, a lesson I learned a long time ago when, when you were dropping off a resume and you wanted a job. It's like fucking walk in, yep. look the owner in the eye, shake his hand. Hi, I'm Steve. Here's my resume. Just want to drop it off and just put a face to the name. And um, if you're looking for something, give me a call. You probably wouldn't even look at the resume because if you show up, you put a face, you make eye contact, you know, it's, it's, it's about interpersonal relationships. Yeah, especially today. Probably be blown away if somebody came in and did that. Especially just, today. Especially today. Yeah. So that's that's uh, a huge point, and I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. I, very so interesting. I learned more for the sales process that I do today from just going in and, and giving out guest passes at stores, at restaurants, and, and just starting a conversation. And you know, that's that's really what I do now. I go into a store, I have a, a wholesale wholesale sheet, and tell them about my products and. and how I've built a little bit of sales process behind it, which, you know, most of these companies, they, they just want to sell to you and you sell it when you sell it. We're, we're on to the next. Um, I've really looked and valued in uh, building relationships where I'm helping you sell the product. You know, I, you have a couple people message me, they're going to come in today to buy product here because I was here yesterday. Great. You know, I love that. You know, that's, that's, that's a win, 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 you know, for everybody. And, you know, a lot of these, these companies there, like I said, they're just trying to get the wholesale order. Uh, they're just trying to run web ads. They're just trying to use influencers and they're missing that, just that last little connection between the transaction and the answering the question for, for those, those people. Um, I told you before this, before we started here, I think this is going to be as common as any supplement that we use in, in fitness. I mean, it relieves anxiety. It helps with pain. Um, the, the topicals that I make, I'll challenge that those belong in everybody's um, medicine cabinet. Anybody could pull a muscle, anybody active or inactive. If you have ibuprofen in your, uh, in your medicine cabinet, you should have the, the menthol topical that I make. 
on hand. Especially if it's a specific spot because, you know, ibuprofen is systemic, right? which is costly, right? Yeah. And it's great. It's effective, but it's costly. Whereas if you have, you know, my elbows bothering, my knees bothering, my shoulders bothering me, if you could have a, a site-specific remedy, I would say that's less costly and arguably more more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that sort of leads to how I, I went from, from fitness, you know, uh, into um, CBD. So um, I have a hip dysplasia. I didn't have that diagnosed until I was 27. So before that, it was just like I would have, I would roll my ankles a lot. I tore my ACLs a few times, but, you know, I'm, I'm 42. So 80s and 90s, we didn't have very specific sports training for teenagers. This was the rub some dirt on it era. Um, so at 27, the, um, the orthopedic said, well, it's just about managing your pain until we can replace it. Because now I also fell at a window they got a lot of great hip interventions they do now, but now my hips too arthritic and, and beat up. Um, and that stuff really wasn't around in 2005. It was still really like very early. Um, and, you know, my, my thought was, I'm, I'm not just going to take pills for 25 years, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, that's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> Doctor? It's, it's also very, of course it is because they want to prescribe medication, right. but that comes at a great cost, you know, to yeah. relieve pain using um NSAIDs or whatever it may be it comes at a tremendous cost you yeah. know that, that that damage is a lot a lot of things so you can get out of bed and and, and manage a, a regular life um that there, there, there definitely is another way yeah a and I, I i can say pretty confidently based on my mentality and how i've done most things that pain management road was going to be a bad ending for me absolutely you know that 2005 you know that was when it all started where they started funneling you to into that opiate, um, you know, um, uh, it's just dependency, really. Um, so I used cannabis. I always use cannabis for for the pain. And now you can imagine the guy that's the manager of the gym. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, I usually smoke in the morning and then avoid people for the first hour or two. I'm at work. You know, try to sneak out again later. But then it's the the eye drops, it's the gum, it's the cologne. It's the, you know. This one no, does that one no? There's that cost uh, to benefit ratio yeah. we're talking about. It's yeah, like, that's like my pain's gone. Yeah. I'm fucking high, right. and my yeah. eyes are crossed well, over. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, uh, but you know, I knew the other options were going to be death or organ transplants. You know, I'd be at 20, what, 15, 18 years of uh, even if I just stayed with the ibuprofen. You know, where would I be? Where my kidneys be? Where my liver be at this point? Um, and and I suspect that I wouldn't have stayed with that. Um, so when I got introduced to CBD, where it really did just manage the pain, you know, that was a really big difference for me. Um, and, and that's sort of what um, kind of kept it in the back of my mind as my fitness career was winding down. Um, because as I said before, um, I've got to like what I'm doing. I really, I've got to have passion behind it. Or I've had multiple jobs where, you know, on paper, I should have done great and everyone's excited. And then, you know, I just don't give a fuck about IT staffing. Yeah, I just don't, I don't get up in the morning passionate about that. And, you know, I see people with less talent, but they'll just sit there and hammer the phone and just beg for meetings and, you know, all, all to create margin for a publicly traded company. And, and I just didn't, just didn't get motivated for that. That's actually why I got the uh, hand tattoos first. I got the hand tattoos so I couldn't get jobs like that anymore. <laughs> nice insurance <laughs> policy. But you know what? Um, I speak about this a lot in, in speaking to other people who are trying to find their way, trying to find out what to do. Um, even though those jobs weren't ideal, they, they all served you very, very well. A lot of the tools 
and, uh, and, and, and things that you did to be successful, like going into stores, handing out guest passes, talking to people, you know, that, that plays a huge role in what you do now. And that's why you found success as well as learning a lot of the things that you didn't like about those industries, like the manipulation and, and the people breathing down the back of your neck and, and, and trying to find and trying to, you know, chasing numbers rather than chasing relationships. That was a huge um, yeah. lesson that I learned at Boston Sports Club. If you remember for the trainers, they used to print out the uh, the monthly highest grossing trainers in the whole company. I think at the time when I was trainer, there was 2,200 trainers and they had a top 100 list. And it was great to see where you fell, but it, it, it didn't serve me, serve me very well because I, I was very fortunate to be pretty successful pretty quick and I was in the top 20 of the whole of the whole corporation. So I would see those numbers and I would see, all right, I did 148 sessions this month to make top 10. All I got to do is 160 to make top five. I got to do 180. So all of a sudden I had this, like this shift where, you know, maybe I wasn't the best trainer, but I was trying to get people through sessions. I was trying to get this guy out and this girl in, this girl out and that guy. in. I was trying to sell, trying to, trying to get, make more numbers to hit that 160, hit that 170. And I learned very, very quickly that my numbers were, were, were affected negatively. I was making less money, I was training less sessions because I was, I was after the sales, I was after the number. When instead, if I focused on my craft and being a good trainer and actually trying to help people and being passionate and being present rather than looking at my phone to make sure that I was ready for my next appointment, I became more and more successful. Um, I, I feel like you have a similar gauge because you, know, you were always chasing numbers, 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 but now you found something that you're passionate about you obviously enjoy talking and connecting with people. And, you know, you're trying to make a living, but the money comes. The money comes if you provide a valuable service. Yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, to, to, to the podcast world out there, I just want you to know what a fucking monster schedule 150 training hours is. Think about your entire work month if you work a 40-hour work week and then fitting in programming for all those people, all the extra customer service of those people. So when you say that, I don't think people really understand what. Yeah, that's a fair (laughs) argument. I I would say, you know, 40 hour work week, I would say a full time trainer would be 15, 10 to 15 sessions a week. That would be comparable to a 40 hour work week. Just because like you said, first of all, I mean, fucking scheduling. It's not nine to five, right? It's 6 a.m. to nine, nine. two hour break, 11 to noon, (laughs) and then 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. So you're there essentially effectively 5.30 a.m. until 9.30 p.m. And, and, you know, there's a lot lot of behind the scenes work. Like you said, programming. Um, When I started doing nutrition, you know, people with food, that's a a full-time job. And then of course, you know, continuing education, um, you know, always learning because it's always changing all the time. There's a lot of different ways to bake this cake of getting Jack juicy and tan. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And then also, of course, my biggest priority to a point of a fault was training myself. Because I can tell you, if I had a three-hour break from noon to three and I had a shitty workout, I was in a fucking foul mood for my last four sessions yeah. of the day. So, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a, a, a tall order, you know, 80 to 100-hour work weeks for the last... 12 years but you know what the way i look at it is before this i did construction and those were traditional eight to ten hour days and then i would go to the gym for three hours afterwards anyway yep. half an hour drive there a half an hour drive back there's your there's your 12 to 15 hour day so i'd be doing the same shit no matter what i would be doing anyway but it's, it's nice that I'm, i get to be in in the same place all day because less travel and i and i get to i get to get more work done so and you know you built this thing there's there's a whole and then there's the whole you know 
building something. That's yeah. That's I I was really, really happy at Boston Sports Club. I was really happy at Synergy for the most part. I never had any intention of going off on my own, but when I was inspired and encouraged to do so, um, I'm very glad that I did. But that's why I brought up that point earlier when you talked about those jobs that you did for two decades that, you know, you didn't really feel rewarded in. And, and it's like, oh, well, what a waste. That's 20 years. It's like, dude, not at all. No, those 20 not. years literally is how you're doing what you're doing yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was there was kind of some legal issues at the last gym I was at this place. Synergy. Phenomenal facility. You know, I mean, two million dollar facility. It was like it was like a David Barton Equinox in Providence. And it was phenomenal. And I saw an opportunity. So I left Boston Sports Club to go there. And we were there for two years. And I had a great experience. But you know what? I learned a lot. I learned a lot about management, a lot about sales, a lot about you know, running a business. And, and what I learned a lot the most is, is, is what not to do. You know, I, I would see the way that management would, would handle things. Um, I definitely learned the importance of being present, right? especially in this industry, being here, being in the gym, talking to members, training yourself. You know, if people see me lifting weights, they're like, dude, you know, the, oh, th this guy trains harder than we do. That that inspires people. That keeps them. That keeps them honest. And then that in turn keeps me honest. You know, the owner was um wasn't very present. He was a, he was a, he was a good guy. He was very charismatic, but he had other things on his plate, and the business suffered as a result. And um there was a lot of lost wages and you know money that I, I wasn't paid. And, and people ask me all the time like, why aren't you more aggressive in chasing that? Like, why aren't you going after that money? And it's like, dude, why? Because the lessons I learned in that in, in that two and a half years are um, invaluable to, to to what I to what I do now. I mean, and it's literally what created this venture. And I'm sure you yeah. share the same the same yeah. the same the same idea. Yeah, I I very much think of a lot of my sales career as just Mr. Miyagi. Like you, you don't know it until after you're like oh. And when I see you know peers, I I think that the the thing that a lot of entrepreneurs lack when they, they start a business is the sales aspect. And it doesn't matter what your business is. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer consulting firm. You better sell those contracts to somebody with, with you know, providing that value and, and, and making that, that relationship. And, you know, a lot of people go from the business that they're in you know, or, or, you know, come up with this product that they have an idea for and, you know, they, they, they just stay busy. You know, um, and, and for me, it was always like naturally going back to, okay, what's the best way to gain users? How do I gain users? I need, I need people using this, you know, and, and that's been the, the process that I've tried to figure out, you know, through this time. Um, yeah. There's also such value in just, just, just being busy, just, just showing up. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people I speak to now and, you know, especially with everything that's going on over these last three years, no one's working. No one wants to work. And everyone, and, and in order to work, they want the job. Yep. You know, I, I want something I'm passionate about. I, I don't want to do it if I don't love it. I don't just want to go to some job. Just And it's like, dude, you just need to do something for so many reasons. For one, just meeting people, networking, right? I mean, yeah. to... To, to be when I when I was encouraged to go on my own three of my clients all of which I met and started working with at these other jobs supported me and gave me some startup cash I, I had two clients that gave me a $10,000 no interest loan to help me open my first facility another one gave me 20 um, you know I never would have met them if I wasn't at those other jobs and also just just building for lack of a better term the the, the fitness the stamina to show up to work every day mm -hmm. especially when you don't want to mm -hmm. um, if you are 
in fact, fortunate enough to work to yourself. There's no one telling you to get off your ass and go and go to work each day. But when you're working for somebody else, you have to, you have to show up. And you know, that that's, that's something that needs to be trained and, and you, you have to kind of build that capacity to show up and show up and show up and what better place to do it than a job you don't like going to um, and then when you want to go on your own I'm sure you you share the same thing where you were working your 40 50 60 hours a week at your normal job but you didn't go home and rest afterwards you went home and you started working on your side venture your side venture your side hustle and then that's where the 80 and 100 hour weeks come in you're doing the 40 50 60 at your regular job to pay your bills and then when you come home you're working on your side hustle and then you build that standard and then eventually, if your side hustle takes off enough that you can make that leap, that's a very stressful time. But if, if all your ducks are in a row and you've done everything you've had to do and crossed all your T's and crossed all your dies, crossed all your T's and dotted all your eyes, you can um you, you can get started and start working for yourself. But I think I'm very confident that many people will fail if they just start off on their own without five, 10, 15, in your case, 20 years of just the grind. Yeah. And then in addition, in addition to all that, it's so much sweeter because that 20 years you put in of doing something that you had trouble being passionate about, now you really, you, you don't take for granted the ability to, 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 to make your own way. I, I, I think back to some of the days that I worked for these closeouts, closeouts, we used to sell more memberships because Today. I remember that at the end of I each know, month. Yeah, because yeah. BSC had a full sales staff. Yeah, we and, and that, that was a smaller club, and they, they had, had three, they four, had plus six full time. Yeah. Yeah. They had six full time. Yeah, maybe two part time and four full time guys, and all they did, guys and girls, and all they did was sell memberships. Yeah, literally, that's all they did. So I, I told myself very early on that it would be a shame if I worked harder at other companies than I did for myself. That that would be. I, I can't imagine wasting more potential, putting less energy into myself now, um, you know, than I did those those other companies because there was somebody. So you got to do this. You got to hit this. You got to work these hours. You know, you got to no days off till you till you hit your goal. You know that kind of stuff. It's absurd. It's absurd. It, but it, but it, you know, it serves to, to your you point. Now. Yeah, it does. It serves, it serves me now. now. It's like it's that. Fucking easy now. Like that. It's simple it now. I, and 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 I am so much more efficient too now. Granted, it's still just me, and my first few hires are robots that that, that uh, you know fill stuff and, and label stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm I I am so effective with what I do. I spent so many years tied up in reporting numbers to report them at twelve, three, and seven every day, and and putting um, business plans together on selling more memberships. And there's so much movement in a company like that that's just to make sure you stay busy because we're paying you. Um, and you know, now my, my, everything that I do is it's making my product, it's promoting my product or it's selling my product, you know, from when I get up to, you know, to when I get home. Um, and yeah, like that, that stuff, that, that, um, that drive is just stays there. You know, it's also, you know, in a traditional 40 to 60 hour work week, working for somebody else, how many hours do you think most people are actually authentically working? It's low. And, 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 and I'm not I'm, I'm not coming down on anybody and being like, you're fucking lazy. It's just kind of the way, like, you know. you, wow, you Dude, you, I think of some of the jobs that I really hated. You know, we get into, like, the corporate jobs where I would take a sales position. Just trying position. to get through the day, you know. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and because I would take, the, I would get burnt out in fitness. And I would go and take a sales, like, a you know, some type of corporate sales job. And and I really hated those. I really I would gain weight just sitting in an office, you know, and I, and I went through this cycle a couple different times 
Um, so, you know, the, the average, I think about that often, like, you know, how much time do people waste? Because now I think about when do I start hiring people? Right. And, um, you know, my goal is to build something that is really so efficient, you know, and, and, and focus on building the machine of the business so that there, there is no time that your tools are down. You know, we want to build a culture that, you know, we're, we're working and we're being effective, you know, and I also, I don't, I, I don't want to pay somebody that doesn't want to be there doing, you know, what, what we're doing, do something great. I do something cool. I mean, I hang out in, in dispensaries, gyms, and nutrition shops all day. I mean, it's like a job that I would have, you couldn't even have dreamt of it as a kid because there wasn't dispensaries. Yeah, that's didn't a really even good exist. point. Even, even, even when I'm traveling and whatnot, and everyone's like, you had to go on vacation. It's like, all right, but like when I go on vacation, I go to other gyms and right. shit. I, yeah. I want to go yeah. lift and train and, <laughs> yeah. be, and, and, and connect with other people kind of doing the same thing. I mean, that's that's a vacation for me. I'm, I've never really been the, the, the hammock, you know, my tie, people painting my toenails, dropping grapes in my mouth. That's not... Five minutes that I to get the forget get the fuck out of here. I, I got to do something. I got to be stimulated. Yeah. I got I got I got to be moving. You know. Yeah. So I, I don't have something I I need to get away from. Yeah. Right. I say that all the time. <laughs> I don't have a life that I need a vacation from. Yeah. Um, you know. But my now my wife who's home with our three kids deserves vacation. So there will be vacation. So that's and when you go. You go there to help where, her out. Yeah. Yeah. She certainly deserves. She's a trooper. She's. Uh, we just had our third son, um, and she's at home. She takes care of him. Um, she's a does online training and nutrition. So she, she, um, you know, manages her clients in between, um, does a few online sessions and, and really has a business that, you know, she can scale, you know, as, as time. Are you guys uh, able to kind of work with each other? I mean, I'm sure your, 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 your businesses complement each other, you know, yeah. You oh yeah, absolutely. With her clients yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A few of her clients, um, use it at, you know, there's uh there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of synergy there between the two. Great. Um, you know, and, and actually you mentioned a moment ago, like that moment where you, you actually make the leap and, and work for yourself. And so um, you're right. I had been working. So I had been managing the dispensary um, full time. Um, I quit that to take a, uh, a, a telesales job because it was just 40 hours straight. There's no, you know, you're managing someone else's business. You're not working 40 hours, period. Um, so I'd left and I, and I took that job. I had started... Um, I was booking events to do. My original plan was I was just going to sell direct to customer, going to fitness events like you have here, going to CrossFit events, going to just places where there's a lot of people that are going to be in pain, you know, getting out samples, you know, starting those conversations. Would you say you tailor your company more to the fitness and athletic industry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. General pop? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is there is there a split like 60, 40, 70, 30? So it's, I'm sure it's changed it's, over the course of your business. It, yeah. But. It's interesting because I, I have, um, the thing that I hear the most often and it, it's really, I, I hear it regularly and it's super, super humbling is somebody will buy it because they buy it in a nutrition store. Maybe they buy it at the dispensary, but then it works and they give it to their parent, their grandparent. Yeah. So they come to me and say, you know, this is the only thing that helps my mother's pain, you know? So I have, you know, it's marketed towards fitness. I, that doesn't prevent anybody from buying it. You know, it's like Gatorade. How much is athletic performance and how much is hangover performance? Yeah. In Gatorade, right? Um, so it, it, it is great for the general population. Um, but I, 
you know, I, I kind of target the fitness industry. I target they'll, the they'll fitness industry. Do the rest for you, right? Hopefully. Exactly. Yeah, because you know these are typically the people in the family that you trust, right? The people that are you know the people that work out that, that they'll use also these supplements. adopt a supplement adopt like yours much, much faster than a stay at home And they're also the person that is protecting that parent or grandparent from buying bunk products. Yeah, you know that get marketed to them. Um, so it's, um, you know. I, I, I sell a lot in the fitness community, but I get a lot of referrals, you know, that way as well. And then also selling it in the dispensaries, you know, you get people that go in there for a lot of different, different ailments. Um, so, um, I left the, um, the sales job, the, uh, the, and I, and I was ready. I had about 10 events booked. It's, you know, it's easy enough to go somewhere to set up the, a the, table, the right? telehealth sales job. Yeah. So you're doing telehealth out. and you started, um, pushing your product to, fitness events and competitions yep. and stuff like and that. Moving and moving to that moment. I quit the job. Like, am I doing enough now where I can quit this telehealth job? Oh, not what? even close, but I, I not <laughs> even like, close, but it was fuck it. And, you know, I can't even tell you, I mean, how brutal it went. So I registered this LLC on February 28th of 2020. Those 15 events that I had booked were all after March 13th of 2020. So every single thing that I had on the calendar got canceled. You know, the first actual fitness event I wound up doing was uh, was down here like six months later because there was nothing. Yeah. You know, I didn't have I didn't build it to be an online store. I didn't know how to do that. I was just stuck with, you know, I had product and I just had to find find ways to survive, um, you know, and, and those first few months were really uh, brutal. I mean, my, you know, three hundred dollar months in sales, seven hundred dollar months in sales. And that's like, you know, I got to. A wife that was pregnant and a baby at the time and um you know just keep she had to keep moving forward you know how however i could and that's what really helped me to to build more of a sales process from it was um i had to really start working individually i had to start working through social media um I actually learned a great lesson from you i saved it to to tell it on this podcast um so i had sent you a message and you had seen the message but then didn't respond. Now I'm a salesperson. I don't take shit personal. I get used to that <laughs> shit. All right. It's, fuck that guy. Right. But you know, that's what you tend to do. Like in that situation. Well, I'm trying to remember, is this before, this is obviously before this we is met. Before we met. Yeah. Yep. I just, I was just trying to get people to use the product. Um, and you had seen it, didn't reply. And then like a, a few days later, there's somebody asking you about growing out your hair. And I, I just started doing that. And um, you know, I, I commented something to, to what you said. Um, and you replied back and then you said, Oh, by the way, I saw that message. Um, you know, I'd love to try your products. Yeah. And, and that for me was such a moment of, um, you know, it sounds simple, but a lot of times people get really personal. They get really in that scarcity mentality. They do get in that. Oh, he saw it. Oh, fuck that guy. No, I'm, you know, and they don't, you know, so what I learned from there is someone doesn't respond you know, I gas up their story the next time they post something. I, I, I say something to start a totally different interaction and, and see where it goes. And I can't tell you how many times I've realized now, like, you know, Steve was just going 40 over in a school zone and hit the notification on his phone while he was trying to, you know, make a video. You know, I do all, I, I, I do, I do all my social media work while driving, so yeah. you can't hold me out of But no, that, that, that's a great but, point. But you don't know what's going on on that other end when it was seen, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and, and if you were to, like, had taken that person, like, oh, he, he left me on red or whatever, you know, it, it never would have happened. None and, of this and, would and have ever happened. Of course, it obviously wasn't me blowing you off. No. You know, no. I may have been in the middle of something and then looked back, but what you did was, was you, you separated yourself from 
all the companies looking to try and be endorsed by me and sold at my gym and made a personal connection right. uh, commenting on my story. And yep. it's, it's that simple. And, and in order to do that, you have to maybe have a, a bit thicker skin and not be so oversensitive and think yep. that I intentionally left you on red. Yeah. So very yeah. strong point. Yeah. So, you know, those things didn't bother me, but then, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, there's, you know, and, and as accounts are bigger, you know, if you're trying to, if you're somebody out there that's trying to, to do this through those, those types of things, um, you know, they just see more, you know, more stuff comes through and more stuff that, that does look robotic. Hey, try my product. I mean, really, how different does that you see look it from? all the time? It, and so obviously copied and pasted. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what, what you get. I mean, I, I think everybody. You wouldn't believe the amount of watch companies that reach out to me. <laughs> watch. You even have a watch on I now? can't wear a, wear a fucking watch. watch. Yeah. I don't I'd love, I'd love to <laughs> use like an Apple watch or something like that to track, you know, track my stats, yeah, my heart rate. smash that thing in a minute and a half. I, I don't know. I just can't do it. I'm not a big jewelry guy or whatever. Yeah. I can't wear watches. Dude, I get kid up from watches at least two three times a week and i'm just like have you guys even seen my my page like i'm not wearing watches yeah. <laughs> this is literally my nicest outfit they're all the same it's you, you, you guys have a watch that would go with this top straight <laughs> give me a break uh yeah so so i've gotten you know a, a lot of people to, to just try product promote product through that of of just being a human you know with the process not just being um you know not not making it always about me because that that was uh the big thing that I, I, I kind of acknowledged in when I was starting my business was it's not time to be pushy. Cause now, you know, this was the beginning of 2020. I can't make anything on about me with anybody else. You know, we were all, no matter how you feel today, 90% of people were like, okay, what the fuck is going on? You know? And, and, um, you know, to, to try to simultaneously honor that and, you know, sell and, 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 you know, develop my brand required like true just, just gratitude of, you know, I, I'm just happy to give this out. I'm happy to get people to try it. I'm, and, and, you know, people talk about um, abundance. Like if, you know, you just think about something long enough, it's, it's all going to appear for you, but it, it's about what you put out first. You know, I can't tell you how I've given away I think I've given away more CBD than anybody in the last three years. I cannot imagine any of these companies giving away as much as me. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, one in a hundred or more, you give it to a Steve Tripp. You give it to, and it's not always, you know, you have a great platform. You have a lot of people around you. It's, it's also somebody that, um, you know, just really loves your product as a, as a consumer with no platform, but tells, really tells people about it, really, you know, is a promoter of your product. So, you know, when, when people talk about, achieving that abundance well abundance you know requires a hundred to one ratio output first before you start to see anything you know in return for it so um you know i really had to to build this with the the idea of what's going on on the other side when you know with these people you know um do they have jobs do they lose businesses do they you know what what is their life like you know i didn't and, realize that you actually pulled the trigger to go on your own right before yeah. the pandemic came. you had Two everything weeks. working against you everything yeah. everything um, the, the only thing I had working for me was a wife that fully, totally believed in me. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people will believe in you doing the things that they believe in. I, I mean, how many times do you hear, I don't understand why he does that. He'd be so good at this at X, Y, Z, because that's what that person understands. And, you know, when, when you leave fitness, which is already like a, a fringe industry to most people, 
it's a very viable industry, but in most people's mind. Um, and then you go into cannabis, you know, there's a lot of like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Like, yeah. He's a smart guy. Why is he, you know, why, why is, is he, he doing that? Weed? Why is, is he doing, doing this? <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, um, and yeah, so we, we, uh, she believed in me fully to, you know, to accomplish it. She never asked me to get a job no matter. Um, and, you know, truthfully, I, I remembered, and you probably remember this too, after the uh, 2008, 2009 economy, I remembered the amount of people that would sit across from me and, and it was the same cadence. Well, I got to think about it because, you know, the economy. And it was just like over and over again. I stopped. This, this is what's going to come of this situation. It's going to be, well, you know, COVID. And I thought, you know, I'm going to hide in some of that for a little bit. You yeah. know, maybe this bill's going to be late. Maybe, you know, this thing isn't going to happen. You know, maybe, but it wasn't real in my head. We were moving forward and plugging away. But there was sort of that, that guise of, well, well, landlord, it's was never, no it was, COVID. It was never an excuse to stop. It was right. just, it right. was just an obligation to pivot. Right. You know, yeah. you still got to push forward. Maybe, I mean, obviously your, your traditional tactics of going out and meeting people and dropping off guest passes, you know, you can't do that anymore. So what are right. you, what are you going to fucking wait till COVID's till COVID's gone? No, you're going to pivot. You're going to figure out what, what to do next yeah. to, to still pursue the end goal. That exact mentality is what actually pushed it forward because there, you know, I can't say that the, you know, the company didn't skyrocket in that period of time, but what happened is, all the other smart people quit. Yeah. You know, all the people that were going to, you know, a big way that you see CBD brands come out is the same way you see supplement brands. It's white labeled. Um, I'm the manufacturer of my product. I carry manufacturer's insurance. I, I, I source all the material myself. Um, a lot of these people are, they're just buying it from a factory and, you know, you can roll out an online store and they sell you a, you know, a franchise of it. Um, so 2020 was the big year for that. You know, these factories have sales teams just like, you know, remember everybody had a gym franchise in 2008. It was three, two, one fitness and you know, all these different things pop up and all you got to do is give 500 members, just give us 60 grand, yep. you know? Um, so it was like that. Um, and a lot of people backed out of that because it was a very scary time for any type of business. Um, so the material price dropped significantly. Um, and now, uh, then I had the ability to, to wholesale it because originally I could only sell it direct to customer. It just cost me too much. I yeah. could only come into your gym, promote it and sell it to people that way. I couldn't hit the price points I wanted and, you know, sell it through you retail. So it's, it's just a very classic example of just don't give up. You know, you don't, you, other people are going to give up when you, you know, I view starting a business as really two things. One staying on the island you know um you got to stay on the island you got to survive you got to you got to stay there um and as you're surviving you know you're really trying to make the things that are catastrophic to your business bigger things yeah right? like when you start anything could fucking harpoon you for good you know and and you know as you go you know, you, you can sustain a little bit more of a hit for this or, you know, or that. And, and like we were talking about before, just reinvesting into your business, you know, really endlessly, but you know, those first years, it's so critical, you know, and you, you start to see, um, you know, everybody talks about a business lasting five years and, you know, you start to see that, okay, 
you know, you get in your second or third year, you start to do some revenue. But if you pay yourself any of that, that's when you, that's when you make the administration your profit sharing partner, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, course, yeah. you know, we live very, very modest lives. I mean, in order for my wife to stay home um, and, and for us to keep investing in the business, you know, we really keep it, you know, grassroots, um, you know, and, and that's why I'm really hard to beat. You know, I, I'm, I don't have a, a big overhead. I'm not in, you know, I didn't invest, you know, a ton of money that I needed back out of this. You know, I'm the guy that can just keep going and, and growing. And, and you're also covering it from start to finish too. It's all, it's all in house, which, is, which, which, I mean, it's, it's harder. It's more groundwork in the beginning, but it serves you in the sense that you're, you're on top of everything. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a, a very good heartbeat on the business. I am the heartbeat of the business, yeah. you know? Um, and, and I think that, I feel that this this next year or two is really going to be a big turn for these products. You know, is even in the cannabis space. You know, I go to a lot of, of cannabis events, and I'm sort of the guy like really pushing to get in front of people. You know, because they'll have you know, growers and edible companies out there, and all these like cool vendors. And then you know, there's the CBD guy. Um, even in that space, this last year, people are a lot more curious. You know, it's like. You know, okay, all right, I've been using the weed for a few years, but my knee still hurts at night. Tell me about this, you know, um, and, and I just came from a nutrition store here, you know, same thing. There's a bigger pickup of people, you know, come in and ask for it. Um, so that's, that's where, um, you know, I, I feel this, this next year um, is, is going to be big for this business and, and, and really, um, you know, uh, driving my company, Recovery CBD, into more nutrition stores, more gyms, more, um, you know, building a good value-based um, influencer program. You yeah. know, there's, you know, you, you know, put it in the bio, we'll give you 20% of sales. And, you know, and that just doesn't work with, with CBD because, again, it goes back to that, that trust that why is this guy selling this to me? What does he have to do with this? Does he even use it? Does he even use it? Yeah. Um, you know, in... Um, and people, a lot of times they, they just, they need to try it. They need to, they want to figure it out, you know? Um, and, and that, that high price point is, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily mean high price point. I just mean that that first sale is always like, yeah, I, I got to think about it some more, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's the goal is to just keep, uh, brick by brick, uh, in the fitness industry. I mean, I think just about every power lifter I've given it to keeps it in their bag at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know anybody that, that doesn't see the value of it. And I think, you know, I had five, 10 people yesterday that are using it at the meets here before. And, you know, that's, that's really a, that's, that's really fulfilling, you know, to see what, you know, this is a really good example of building a brand within a community. Um, you know, the people that you've got here and then, you know, I see the same people at, at USPA meets in Portland and, and, and I, I don't, gyms and, um, you know, there's, you know, people move and get to another gym and, you know, get, give the product to someone else to try. So, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's, it actually served you pretty well. I mean, to, to be as optimistic as possible, you decided to pull the trigger and the pandemic hit and you were forced, you weren't forced, you made the choice to see it through and you made the choice to stick with it and pivot. And now you, now as things are open again and you're able to travel and do what you would have traditionally done before it wasn't an option, now you have kind of the avenues and the sales and the relationships you've created in an unconventional way when you had to. And now that you can get out, you still have that kind of underlying foundation of sales and connections you've made with the limitations of, of, of the pandemic. But now that you can 
go out and do what you would have yeah. done in the beginning, it, it, it continues to work. You know, yeah. like, like my online training was always fine, but it definitely grew quite a bit in the pandemic. I, I had that 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 option that right. service that i could still offer and then when, when we opened up at full capacity again i still have that business and that revenue and that work that was created during that time where i was obligated to only do that and now it's it's a nice yeah it's, it's a nice it's nice what's the word um the, the type of income passive passive income i mean it's, it's not passive right. it's very it's very involved but it's um it's 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 there and it's right. there because it probably wouldn't have developed as much as it did if it wasn't for the pandemic yeah it, it like i said you know going back to the material price and, and and allowing me to wholesale through stores um too it it gave me a, a leap on you know if you notice the last like six months the celebrity brands starting in cbd are just it's out of control everybody martha stewart has a cbd she does. Martha, you're a G. I get it. But what does that have to do? Leave us, <laughs> leave us something. Your you entire brand. You want me making cakes, Martha? Um, uh, and, you know, so I got to, to be ahead of that, um, you know, and, and, you know, just that also that that survival mentality, again, goes back to I can work all day now. I can work hard. I do have opportunities in front of me. I remember when I didn't have opportunities in front of me. You know where you it's know. nice to always have something to do, right? But you know what? It's not for everybody. We, we we all know the types who always want to brag and talk about how busy they are when they're really not doing shit. Yeah. They just suck at executing tasks. It's like, what is busy? Is busy that you have a full plate and you have a lot of things to do, and right. as you get those things done, more things come on. Welcome to not being a bag of shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I prefer and, effective. Yeah, yeah. Are you busy, or do you just suck at executing tasks? Yeah. Because I, the, the the busiest people that I've ever dealt with, especially being in this industry, you know, who 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 pays for personal training, people with expendable dollars. Not everybody can spend twelve hundred bucks a month to work out three times a week, and the people that do are very successful. They have very very tedious, um, demanding, high paying jobs. A lot of them have income properties, families, and they are wide open all the time. And you know what? They're never late for an appointment. They never say they're busy. They're just executing yeah. constantly and that is something that i noticed very early on and i have really done everything i can to adopt that approach um and i really have tremendous distaste for these people who say they're so busy they're so behind because yeah. you know what? i bet if i went outside and opened their car door their car is probably a shit show there's probably dunkin donuts bags everywhere gum wrappers loose change i bet their home is a disaster and it's like dude, no wonder why you're behind you know you got to have an organized workbench no, no wonder why you're, you're so behind and, and, and struggling so much. You know, it's all about execution, um, being as effective as possible, like you said, you know, just, just being, being efficient. And it, it just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of um, behind-the-scenes work to, to set that up so that, you know, you, you, you can execute. I think a lot of these busy people have never felt the weight of being responsible for their, their income. Yeah. You know, because that's a different, you know, what's busy work? Right. I don't have time for busy work. I have time for work work. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, Sunday night, every, every Sunday night before we start our work weeks, our, our paycheck's at zero. Yeah. Right? It's at oh, zero. Oh, yeah. Every, I, every week. I had um, recently where, you know, my paycheck didn't start till like a Wednesday or Thursday. Just yeah. from, wasn't like, wait, in, yeah. what? <laughs> Nothing from the website? Nothing yeah. from the, yeah, people don't, you know, work a, a 10, 12 hour day and make zero, you know? And, and when I was first coming here, you know, um, I'd sell maybe one or two things 
and I'm driving three hours You'd each way. You'd give out 200 though. Right, right. And, and it was never about what I was going to go and make for today or what I was going to sell for today. Is this is good for the brand. These are good people to be around. This is the right thing to do. Um, but, you know, and, and I've done events. I did an event in New, New Jersey at um, Attilus last year um, where I drove down. I gave away all my product. And I was so proud. It was a veteran outreach workout. So they, they donated, um, you know, so there's some big brands there, too. Um, but I was really proud that I could go down, I could finance the trip, I could stay two nights, I could give all the product away, I could donate all the money, um, and I could do that on my, my own dollar. You know, it wasn't like I had to go down and, and make so much money out of this thing, or, you know, I, 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 you know, I couldn't really afford to donate or anything. You know, it, it's getting to those points where, um, you know, you're, you're building something. It's, you know, on, the dry, you, you're, it's you're on the drive home after a weekend like that that you're like, you know what, like... I think I think I can consider myself a successful now. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm. This is great. I can go down. I can really put everything out there and not need anything and realize that I'm essentially investing in long right. term right. and I'm in a position to do that. That's a, that's a great feeling right. as, a, as an entrepreneur, or business owner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, building something is, you know, go like like we we're just saying a minute ago. It's it's totally different than having a job. You know that that you that you have to go to and that you're you're just looking to get out of. Um, I, there's so much satisfaction in watching this, this brand grow the feedback that I get, uh, you know, knock on wood, I mean, I 99%, you know, good, good feedback on, on these products and, and really knowing that I'm helping people and the amount of bottles that I've made right now, sometimes I'm like, fuck thousands and thousands of people, yeah. you know, that, that are, that are using this, this stuff that I make and, and, and giving it to their family members, you know, to help them with, with pain and, and the things that are important to them. Um, you know, I like every day being the same, you know, um, I, uh, um, I did 75 hard last year. I did live hard, you know, the program last year. And, um, I decided that I'm doing it for this entire year. I'm going to be 42. Um, in uh next week i just had my third son i'm in my third year of uh of this business in a what i think is going to be a very critical year for this industry yeah um i i don't have room you know i I don't have room for a couple drinks i don't i don't have time to lose this year this is the most important year of my life but it's also something i don't crave anymore right i mean i used to be a huge drinker huge part i think we we had a similar yeah i think we had Um, similar you know three duis a couple months in jail yeah and it it was never anything that i was like oh maybe i'm doing the wrong thing i just i just looked forward to it It's something that i did but you know what i think a lot of people fall into that trap because they live for the weekends right and saturday sunday here we are sunday Three o'clock, you know, we had an event yesterday. Yep. Uh, this morning I shot up to Mass and I helped out another gym working some car deadlifts for an event he has coming up. I'm here with you. And after this, I have seven programs to write. Yeah. And I am not complaining. I'm no, just saying I've... that I don't have to fucking do it. I, I can do the programs on Tuesday or Wednesday. But you know what? I want to set myself up for Tuesday and Wednesday to get this stuff done so I can go on to the next thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and again, this isn't for everybody. Right. I, I came down here for this. We did the event yesterday. I could have easily hung out at my buddy's house. He's got a pool. He's got a boat. Um, but I went to nutrition stores this morning. Went to Staples. I had to get some labels. I got some work done with that. I went to nutrition stores locally, dropped off product, and you know, built some relationships, came here and worked out. And it's not uh, that we don't do that. I, 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 can, take, I can take a four-day weekend anytime I want and do whatever right. I want. But I just, I just tend to choose to work instead. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's all good. It's work for me right now. I mean, like, you know, I've got... 
four other people, you know, in, in the house with me that, that I've got to accommodate for. And, you know, they're especially the wife. She's, she's down for what we have to do. Um, but yeah, that's, I, 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 the, the, the program, the 75 hard program, not no for those alcohol. of you that don't know 75 hard, Andy Vasella, who's someone that I think any self-respecting man looks up to in some degree, um, really, really cool guy. I don't know. I don't know him personally. I've just listened and watched him. He, um, self-made multi, multi-millionaire. He owns first form and, um, just a really hard, um, no bullshit, no frills guy, and his seventy-five hard program is one that um, I I know a, a mul- multiple people that have done, and it's very very simple. It's seventy-five days, no cheap meals, no drinks. You have to read ten pages of some kind of self-development book every day, and you have to work out twice a day. One of which has to be outside, regardless of the weather. Is, yep. is, is that everything? Yep. And uh, you got to drink a gallon of water, gallon and you got to take a uh, progress pick. And if you miss any of those, you have to start over. Even the pick, if you miss the pick. Um, you know, the, the apple will start you over the next day. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it, it's a fitness, it's a self-development program that has great fitness benefits to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I look at where I was when I started It's about that compliance. Program. It's about compliance and consistency. Yep. And it sounds doable. It sounds easy. But I'm sure it gets really hard every once in a while. And, well, at this point, it's gotten very automatic for me, you know, that, and, and that's the point, but it's taken me 13 months of grinding on this program. It took me eight starts before I got through the first time of completing it. Yeah. But now you're a new fucking human, a new human. It, 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 it rewires your brain's reward system over time is what it does. It doesn't make you feel a reward, you know, a dopamine push for, you know, you're going to get a drink in a couple hours. You know, it, it doesn't give you, um, it, it gets to the point where achievement becomes more important in that, you know, it, it's really when you when you dig down into the psychology of it, you know, we don't think of, especially guys like me and you, we, we're very easy to think of the physicality of growing, right, of, of getting stronger, of, um, you know, of, of working out with a goal to get to something. Um, I've never really did a good job of looking at that mentally, right? Um, you know, I, I've read nine books since high school and they're all in the last year i think i read um you know da vinci code or something because you had to back in the, in the early I'm not 2000s much of a reader either. i yeah. wish i was i should be maybe i should jump, jump on 75 hard but it's, i also think what it does is it removes um the first podcast that you know when, when this gets released the podcast that released two months ago but the, the first one that i did um i go over the, the 10 reasons you're not growing and one of the reasons is these people that pat themselves on the back every time they accomplish anything like getting a workout, mm-hmm. not cheating, not having that drink, reading 10 pages of a book. Now 75 hard makes you have to do that every day. And all of a sudden you don't feel accomplished when you fucking work out. You don't feel accomplished right. when you read 10 pages. You don't feel accomplished because you got through a whole day and didn't eat like an asshole. You just realize like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, or this is what I should do to optimize my life as a capable, disciplined human being. And I think, I, I know that that's huge because when people look at me, um, I'm actually in the process of, of doing an edit of a video that Tom made for me. People look at me and they're like, oh dude, hard work, motivation. And I'm like, listen bro, this isn't fucking hard. <laughs> Tr- lifting weights the way that I do, following a diet, working 100 hours a week, it, I'm, I'm, I'm being sincere, I'm not trying to be a hard ass. It's not fucking hard. You know, it would be hard for me to be like you, to be 
to, to be nervous, to be anxious, to feel like I'm not capable, mm. to be approached with a task and be like, oh, fuck, I can't. To be weak, you know, to not be the type of person that has the humility to be able to ask for help when I want to get something done. That would be fucking hard. This shit ain't hard. Mm. This is easy. It would be really hard for me to not do the things that we do. That yeah. would be hard. And I and I think it's just a mentality shift. I could tell myself while I'm grinding through a workout, like, ooh, man, this is hard. And you know what? All of a sudden, it probably would be, but I don't. Because it's not hard. It's just the way that it is. And I, I, I love that about 75 hard, that it just, it gives you these... What would be what I would consider simple tasks simple. to execute. It's simple, but it can become challenging it's, over time. But you know what? If it becomes just part of your day, it's not hard anymore. And now you're this new, capable human. You know that doesn't make excuses anymore, but finds solutions. It after a period of time, you start to recognize how much everything is just noise in your head because it gets quiet. It's it's quiet to the things that I have to do. Um, look, the program's two hours a day. A lot of the people listening to this work out two hours a day, right? Or, or, or commit time. It's, it's, you know, and you're replacing the time that you're scrolling your phone, the time that you're watching Netflix at night, you know, and, and then there's that, that other layer of where it really pushes you through, you know, uh, that outdoor workout that you don't want to do because it's, I mean, you know, you think of the last year of New England weather, I've walked outside every single day. Right. There's some, and I'm in Maine. I'm up in central Maine, three hours north of here. So, okay. Are you trudging through four feet of snow? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There were days. And, you know, and in Maine, once it gets to that point that there's ice on the sidewalks, you're walking on ice, though, you know, the whole time through the whole thing. Um, But you just get the walk in, no excuses. You just get it done. Get it done. No matter how much it sucks, you just do it. And And it's that simple. And, but then the days, you know, so, so for this program, if you can complete the whole Live Hard program, there's 165 days you're on the program. If you don't miss any days or have any startovers, right? There's a phase one, phase two, and a phase three um, after 75 hard. I struggled with the times that I, I wasn't on the program, you know? Like, and now I look at- It seems at like it, almost everything else falls apart. It absolutely it's does. Interesting. It absolutely does. And that that is a huge reason and component as to why I chose to do this professionally and for my life is that I noticed, you know, we all have our own issues and challenges and trials and tribulations of life and, and relationships and, and career and, and everything. But if I'm on here, like you are on 75 Hard, if I'm here, if I'm, if I'm training and if I'm lifting and I'm getting my meals and I'm getting my rest... I feel like I have the tools in place to deal with all the other shit. Mm-hmm. When my training goes to shit, if I have a poor workout, if I miss a meal, if, 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 if I'm not executing, all of a sudden all these other tasks and obligations that I have really seem extremely challenging and, and arduous and, mm-hmm. and, and just so, so hard. Um, but when you're on a program and you check those boxes, all yep. of a sudden you, 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 you just, it just, it's just, it's just everything is, is clearer and simpler because no you don't have to, it, you don't have to think about what you're going to do. You know, I have these two hours that I've got to get these things in, in my meals and drink my water and my work and my family. So by eliminating, it's almost like eliminating those two hours from being, Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, that two hours doesn't turn into four hours of doing whatever the fuck, you know, you go on, you go from one thing to the next. And, 
Um, you know, a lot of people sort of white knuckle the program. You know, that's, that's one thing I've seen with it is, you know, people want to complete it. But I feel like a lot of people don't totally understand, you know, what it was about. You know, if you're back to who you were on day one, 75 days after you finished, right? You know, you just have that same degradation as you had that, that improvement. You know, it's really kind of missing the program. You know, yeah. the, the idea is, and, and once I could feel it happening, it's, it's hard to explain. I've felt all my muscles grow. I've felt everything get stronger. I've never felt my brain get stronger. And, you know, I've always been good at figuring things out. I'm not saying I'm stupid or anything, but the, uh, but I've always worked to my strengths. So by sitting down and having to read, um, you know, I, I got better at it and I never really thought of it in that context. You know, I didn't, I never thought of it like, you know, actually one, improving actually the in, skill of being able to correct. read, retain information. Right. And a lot of that came from just doing it, you know, 10 pages, doing a day. It, 10 pages a day. Goggins book is in here somewhere, right? Yeah. It's actually behind <laughs> the desk. Yeah. I'll get on. Uh, it, I <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I've committed to doing that for this, this whole year. Um, I, I just, I've got to zone in, you know, and, and I think, I think this all started with, you know, the, the people with the balance and, and, and talking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, no, I'm, I'm all in, I don't need any balance. You know, I don't need a, you know, where's the balance scale land zero. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're all in for this year. And, and, you know, and, and the other part is that the, you know, it gets easier to just go to an event and not have alcohol. It's very difficult the first few times you do that, right? Like you just kind of salivate a little bit. Yeah, cold beer would be good. Uh, or you avoid those types of events, you know, to be at a point where now when it comes to sticking to my diet, um, you know, the, the backstop for that is I just don't eat. If there's not food there that is part of what I'm, what I'm going to have on my diet, then I've got to fast. And that's not hard. Um, you know, as, as far as the, it's just, I, I'm just not going to have a drink, you know, it, it's, it's just much better to do fact. that and be a little hungry rather than feeling yeah. like a big soggy bag of right. shit because you ate something you're right. not supposed to. And, and, and admittedly, I wish I could do that without clicking this fucking app, to be honest, that actually I kind of was bothered by it that when I didn't have this app to click these tasks off, I wouldn't do it the same way. Yeah. So that's where I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to, I need this tool. You know, everybody's told me my whole life I have no moderation. So let's have no moderation in this direction then. Yeah. You know, I've definitely, and you know, it, it's, it's funny because the people that will tell you that you need a break and, you know, don't, don't work so much will be the first ones to tell you to have one more to take another shot to, you know, to, you know, order another pizza um, and think nothing of, you know, where, where that secondary result is really going to land from those two different actions. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody's. Um, you know, if you, if you focus on the immediate result of anything, right, it's really opposite of the long-term result, right? If you, if you focus on eating this food because it's delicious, well, the secondary result is you're, you're going to gain weight, you're going to deteriorate your health. Um, and it's never going to be that one meal. It never is. And it never was. And it wasn't for me, even in the midst of this program, it would, and it would it would be so insidious how it would change. It would go from, because like right now, if I throw my kids food away, I can't eat from French fries off his plate. I got to walk across and throw that food in the trash. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, I can just grab a handful of French fries and that's kind of the way that that stuff would start. Like, ah, grab a couple of fries here. I was Cheez-Its, animal crackers, you know, no big deal. 
and I'm at a fucking drive-through 72 hours later, no you doubt. know? Yeah, and, and so, so for me, just staying in that, in that lane is, is the best place for me to operate. And, and like I was just saying, I, I, you know, I think we both had those were kind of that way in our twenties and thirties though, that one more guy, right? The, the guy, that everybody, Oh, Steve can, can Steve do it? <laughs> right. The Leo oh, will do it a <laughs> hundred out of a hundred times. If one guy was taking a shot. I was taking right. a bullet and then over there and over there and over there. <laughs> Um, excess is the only way right so probably the biggest takeaways from all I mean and there are many from the points you just made is for one two hours a day can sound like a lot but understanding that giving yourself those two hours with these constructive habits are going to optimize the other 22 hours and you're gonna get so much more out of the other 22 by giving yourself these by, by, by giving yourself these two and that is essentially what you're doing is you're is you're giving these two hours back to yourself to optimize the other 22. Yep. the other piece that you said which i really which really resonates with me is that day 76 is day 76 it's not back to day one right um and i speak a lot about that um when i talk about goals and goal setting and how important it is to set goals but to realize that once you reach that goal it's not over. It's very short lived and it's time to move on to the next thing. So it's like you have this goal to execute these tasks and be consistent for sev today 75, but it's not over. Like, right. like do it in a manner and enjoy and understand the benefits of all 75 of those days that they will then carry over and those habits live for life. Because I can tell you as someone who had you know, specific goals. I want this. I want that. I want to hit this lift. I want to win this competition. I want to own this truck, um, whatever it may be. Every time I've gotten to those goals, it feels good for like five to 15 seconds. And then it's like, all right, what's next? All right. What, all right. When can I get this truck lifted? What? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like, hopefully if you are somebody that has been able to understand and develop an affinity towards the process it's once you get to the goal, it just keeps growing. It's not I get to that goal, check that box, then yeah. back, then back to how I was before I started. It's 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 constantly growing, constantly adapting. No cruise control, no steps back. So that was a huge concept that you brought up that really resonated with me. Is that when I get to day seventy five, it's 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 day seventy six. It's not back to day one. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I was um, my entire life. I've I've lost fifty pounds. 10, 11, 12 times, right? That means I've gained 50 pounds, you know, 10, 11, 12 pounds. I've lost 100 pounds twice. Um, I'll really throw it into fucking cruise control. And I really, coming into my age now, I just desperately wanted to be the guy that figures that out. You know, you see the Ethan Suppleys, you know, the, the um, there's a couple NFL linemen, you know, that they, they lose the weight later in life, and they keep it off, you know, Mark Bell, look at, look at him these days. Um, and I looked at people like that. I, I, I just gotta, I gotta find that thing, you know, that figures it out for me because even though I kept, I kept saying, you know, uh, this has gotta be the last time, you know, I'm 35 and then, you know, I'm 38 and, you know, gotta lose 60 pounds again. And, and I'm 41 and, you know, gotta lose the weight again. Um, I just needed something to ground me that, will prevent that, you know, that, that slow degradation of that, you know, that, that health, you know, I'll, I'll always lift, but I'll be a fucking shit bag about the diet or the cardio or, you know, um, and then another big thing was the, the stress of, of work. I definitely had some jobs where, you know, I, I would work in the gym and just the last fucking place I wanted to be was that gym yeah. after a 10, 12 hour day. It's just 
little different than this. You I'm sure very rarely do you not want to be here. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. Yeah. No, I'm sure, but I, but I can tell but, you yeah. in the moments that I that I get frustrated and don't want to be here, I very quickly remind myself what it's like in other in other gyms. You right. know, the five percent of bullshit I deal with here compared to the ninety five percent of everything that's awesome in any other place. If I was at a LA or a commercial gym or back at BSC, Whipped. it would be five percent <laughs> awesome, ninety five percent shit. Yeah, and I and I speak to my staff as well because they'll get frustrated with x y and z and it's like you want to take a field trip and get a workout up the street because you'll be reminded right away how good we actually have it and also take pride in how good we have it because that's something that we've created that you know we're we're responsible for that and i and and i i believe that it's been created through an authentic an authentic an authentic process it's not anything that i say hey make sure you do this make sure you do that act like this speak like this carry yourself like that it's never been like that. It's just been um, a collaborative of like-minded people that share the same interests and ideals, and that has trickled downhill. And sometimes it gets frustrating, but very, very quickly we can remind ourselves how good we actually have it. Because yeah. you know, I, I've been here for been here for three and a half. I was at my last place for three, and um, and it, it is it, it's pretty sweet. But it takes I got to show up. I got to show up. It's up to me. It's up to my staff and it's up to my members to uphold that uh, culture. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've said from day one, this is one of the best culture gyms uh, I've been in because it's, everybody is aligned here. Yeah. You know, the, 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 from the member base to, to the employees, to yourself, to, you know, everybody is, you know, and I don't mean everybody's on Steve's program. I, I mean, everybody is aligned. They're coming here to do I work. I don't want everybody on my program. Right. No, I know you don't. Because, I know my, you don't. because my <laughs> programs are derived from learning from other people's programs. Right. You know, you have to be fucking curious. Yeah. These zealots that think they know all the stuff. It's like, dude, we're not dealing with wood and, and iron and steel. We're dealing with human beings. You know, there's a lot. It's very complex. You have to be dynamic and curious. Yeah. Um, I, had, uh, I had a kid. I'll tell it quick story there's so you post a 75 hard pick the hashtag there's a lot of people that follow that hashtag or get to that hashtag and some of them are trainers that are looking to to gain business out of it um you know so one one kid follows me and you know makes a comment about the post great work and you know starts a conversation um you know dms me and and uh, eventually asks you know what hey what can i help you with and i said oh follow the business page, go give some likes, you know? And I didn't even mean it like to ignore what he was actually asking. But like, if you ask me what I need, I need some engagement. I need you to help me with my, yeah, that's, that's what that, I need. That's sincere. That's what I need. Yeah. Oh, I'm you, not, oh. Some, I'm not some 11 year old with ads <laughs> trying to get checks. Like, you know, I have a right. business. If you could help me out, that'd be great. Right. That That's what I need from people. Um, and you know, training for me is I just want to work out. I don't, I don't want to, I, I told you, I don't like to be told what to do. I don't, I don't like programs. I just like, I was, ever since I was 14 years old in my bedroom with my weeder set by myself, like that's what that is for me. I don't, I'm not here to maximize everything all the time. I'm here to do the workout that I want to do. Um, so he gets, you know, the conversation to how he's a coach and, um, and if you just for, for your coaches out there online, don't say things like this. Um, I'll get you in the best shape of your life if you just give me a chance. And I, my first thought is like, just take the time to just 
ripped the kid apart. Because first of all, you don't know anything about me. How do you know I would want to be in the best? What, what do you know about the best shape I was in? How do you fucking know I want to be back there? Maybe it was something that's not attainable with my three kids. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's, so that goes back to just people don't look at what your experience could be. And, and you know, he thinks that that's a good selling point that, you know, he's going to get me in the best shape of my life. But, you know, frankly, you don't know anything about me. Um, I've been around, I guarantee you, way better coaches than you that I don't listen to. <laughs> you think yeah. I'm going to listen to you. Um, and, you know, it's in, in that process of just having no awareness of, of what could be going on on the other side, you know? And all to, to me as, as, a, as a coach, and I, I really get uncomfortable when I even refer to myself as that, because I am extremely self-conscious in my ability as a coach and a weightlifter and a business owner. And I, I, I believe that maybe it's almost intentional because I think it's, it serves me mm-hmm. to continue to grow and improve is my, is my apprehension towards my abilities as those things. But I can tell you from what I know in this business is that is such a foolish claim to make that I will get you in the best shape of your life because if I were to say what the biggest factor is that leads to success in the client-coach um, relationship is compliance, is the buy-in, right? It's, it's, you know, if you ask me, everything works. 75 yep. hard works. Everything keto works. Keto works. Veganism doesn't fucking work, but every, every, <laughs> everything else works. But, well, but what you need to do is you need to believe and you need to comply and you have to get them to buy in. So yeah. even if he was this amazing accredited coach that's helped a lot of people, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to buy into that, which means you're probably not going to get the results he's claiming you're going to get. So yeah. that that's kind of my um, gauge on how I can kind of see right through comments like that because it's just... It just doesn't fucking work that way. Yeah, it doesn't hold water. Doesn't. Like I said earlier, we're not dealing with, with wood, nails, and steel. If I was a great carpenter, I could tell you I'll, I'll build you the most fucking badass three-stall three three garage with an in-law apartment upstairs you've ever seen. I, I can, because I can show you, like, look what I built. Like, right. like I've done it before. This right. is good fucking work. We're, we're not dealing with mediums like that. We're dealing with people. And buy-in is perhaps the biggest factor when it comes to being a successful uh, coach. I mean, I... I, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of people and not everybody's had great results. There are some enough for me to be successful in all my own gym that have had great results, but there's many that haven't. And, you know, I take responsibility for that. Um, I probably could be more empathetic. I probably could be more thorough. I probably could bend a bit, but you know what? I, 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 I'm not for everybody. I kind of take yeah. pride in that. Um, and, and, and I think I think it's important to, to, to have other people within these walls to, to give those people to. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's, it's not my program. You know, it, it, my, my program might not be the best fit for, for that individual. But being able to be uh, humble enough and, and acknowledge that is, is what's going to... I just want people to do well. When you said earlier that, that you're not... You, you don't like to follow a program because you don't need to maximize everything... That's exactly what you're doing in doing what you're doing. Like, sure, you're not following a program because you don't want to have a 1,000-pound squat and 4% body fat, but what you're doing is you are checking your boxes, you're getting your exercise in, and you're you're doing what's optimal for you, which is great. And it's so important for people to understand and accept that. And if you want to build upon that a little bit and maybe – have a few things you could follow and things you could implement still within the the parameters 
that, that you've set for yourself, then, then great. Maybe someone can help you out with that. But what you're doing is optimal and maximal for you. And it's very important to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And because it's a lot more than every physical benefit that comes out of it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to somebody for an hour. I don't, that is my time always has been in my life where it's just me. I, I don't have workout partners. I very rarely have had, you know, that's a whole other topic. People show up for a few months, you know, and, uh, um, they come and go, for they sure. come and go. Yeah. It's, just um, you know, and a lot of, sometimes it's just schedule. It's not to say that nobody, you know, nobody works out as hard as me. A lot of people don't, but, um, but that's, that's what it is for me. Nobody is going to bring value to that situation because inherently by being somebody in that situation is devaluing it for me. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, the, 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 you know, when, when coaches come with that, it's like, you don't, you don't understand everybody, right. You don't, you know, and, and you understand that very well. You don't understand everybody. You're not for everybody. You know, that's uh yeah. Through this process of being a coach, a business owner, I, I, I definitely, hold myself accountable to try and broaden my scope of practice and be able to reach and have an impact on, on a wider range of people. If I can do that, great. But there's also kind of the, um, the understanding and the approach of trying to master, perhaps potentially one day master a certain niche clientele. You know, I definitely lean more towards the strength side of things. You know, I, I can definitely get somebody stronger. I can definitely improve their composition, I think, depending. Um, but then there, 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 there's a whole there's a whole other world out there of, of general pop and people mm -hmm. who just need the appointment. You know, they just need the appointment. They just want to show up. They want to feel good. They want to feel better when they leave than they did when they show up. And I, and I have, and it was, it was hard for me. It, it took me probably a good six to, to eight years to accept that not everyone's coming here to fucking crush it. Mm. They just want to come in here and, and meet up and, and be taken through a workout and leave feeling better than when they showed up. Mm. And to be honest, those clients, those people that I'm speaking of are the ones that made this possible. They're the ones that paid the bills. They're the yep. ones that made me able to open my own space and, and gave me the opportunity to work with the people that want to compete and want to be shredded and want to be jacked and super strong. Um, so it's important, and, and I definitely strive to try and appeal to more to more people and, and be effective with, with those people. But I think it's also important to also know where you lie, know where your strengths are, and kind of like Gary Vee kind of double down on that. But I think it's also important to try and develop and, and, and broaden your scope of practice as well. Because I think the, the best way I've, I've heard that said is, you know, you have people that say they, they make strengths weaknesses. And the first thing I hear with that is you wasted a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, really, it's probably somewhere between where that skill set's not going to hurt you anymore and being an expert that you could have been diving into where you're already an expert. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I've tried to make my weaknesses um, not hurt me. And honestly, the biggest one is that fuck you attitude of working for somebody else. <laughs> that always got in the way, yeah. you know, eventually where, uh, you know, I'd be moving on to the next thing. Um, you know, so, you know, that's, that's just another thing. Like I'll get you in the best shape of your life. Oh, your, your strengths are your weaknesses. Great. Yeah. Cool. So what are your strengths now? <laughs> that, that, that's a huge uh, strength and, 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 and a very important aspect to, to one's character to be able to authentically and honestly identify what their weaknesses are and realize them and, and address them. You don't have to make them your strengths, but right. accept them for what they are. And, and like you said, get to a point where they no longer hurt you or deter your progression as, as a, as a man, as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, as, as whatever, you know, very, very, very important um, thing to do. So we're at about 
an hour 40 and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this conversation. I didn't really know what to expect going into this, um, but we spoke a lot about how you started, how you you became a business owner, you know, through your through your process originally in sales, and we also talked a lot about business and kind of not what it takes because you and I are still fucking figuring it out. But a long way to go, no yeah. doubt. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> but I think we we had some great conversation, um, you know, that that gave people kind of an understanding of of what we think should should be the the concepts and kind of your underlying foundational approaches um when when you're trying to to start something and 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 some concepts and and, and some strategies and how to do that the um the i i look back at how much training helped me with with business too i i think that people like you and i really devalue what we were doing to ourselves as teenagers and 20 20 years old we're just like just crushing in the gym because we wanted to, because we wanted those results, but learning a lot about pain, learning a lot about pushing through stuff that you don't want to do. It doesn't feel good for a result that's on the other side. Um, and, you know, a lot of people like to ask, how much money do I need to start a business? You know, I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you that, but, it, you know, it's just a, a common question in this, this space. And my answer to that has been it's, it's a sliding scale. And it's dependent on what your ability to tolerate self-inflicted pain is because anytime I want to go get a job, there's jobs out there for me, even with the hand tattoos, there's, there's plenty of jobs. I could make any of this pain stop any day. You know, those, those beginning of the, of the business when it yeah. was hard, you could you'd close up shop and go back to a gym and train any day. But it takes that ability to, to, to keep moving forward when you're the one that has the control to make it stop whenever yeah. you want. No matter how big the business is, it could yeah. go bankrupt and you could go on to your next thing. More so right? than how much money do you need to get started. It's right. like, well, yeah, <laughs> you probably need some startup cash, but really how relentless are you? Right. How passionate are you? And how much do you really believe in yourself? And do you really think that you'll be able to do what it takes no matter what happens? Right. Um, yeah, if and, you're, and, 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 you know, we're, we're not, we're not pulling, pulling bodies out of a, out of a burning building here. I'm not, I'm not trying to glorify. No, but, but going much. back to those days of working for no money, those are, that's, that's, yeah. that, those are tough. You know, I it's, never, I, I can honestly say I never felt down on myself. I no. never felt like, oh fuck, maybe I read the wrong choice. I, I, I can honestly authentically say that when I decided to do this, it was just like head down and fucking whatever like i'm i'm, I'm not gonna stop like I, I i don't have a choice right and i definitely i think you share the same deal i mean i i, don't, I didn't have a family or anyone that was dependent on, dependent on me which i think obviously contributed to your drive even more so but it's like dude like i was i was never like ah oh, maybe not it's just like all right well here's here's the challenge what's what, what's the fucking solution you know or, or what do i have to do to arrive and put myself in a position to be able to, for there to be a solution i never got down on myself i never doubted myself it was just kind of like assess and and execute yeah you know yeah. so more so than how much do i need to get started it's like do you have these characteristics yeah. to be able to make it work when your bank account's at zero because yeah. it will get there it will it will get there yeah. and you know i it, mean if you're not tough you might need two million to make your first million yeah, you know? it's, it's that kind That's of an other answer. Side. That's sure. the other side. Maybe you are that guy. Maybe you're not going to give up your yeah. your lifestyle, or, or or you know, maybe you don't. But you know, if you know, I started I started this business with um, fifteen hundred dollars. I put on a credit card to uh, order equipment, um, and I bought four pairs of Yeezys and flipped those to other people 
And Come on. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found this site that you, they, they guarantee you. Um, and I was in the cannabis community, so there's plenty of plenty of people looking for Yeezys a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Kanye was an original investor. <laughs> Whether he knows it or <laughs> Whether not. Whether he yeah. knows it or not. Um, um, and, you know, so we're talking 2000 2500 bucks to um, to get started. And then, you know, falling flat on my face, you know, for um, a couple months, you know, $300 in the first month, seven something in the, in the second month. And that money needs to go back into, you know, making sure that I, that I have more product. And, um, you know, that's been, that's the, the, the thing that people don't see, you know, is, you know, when, when you're starting a business and, and a lot of things that people don't talk about is, you know, there's, there's not a savings account, you know, there's not, you get to a point where the cash flow gives you a little bit of security, but the point where you're taking money, paying taxes on it, and then putting it aside for your family to have it, that's, that's a ways away. And, and uh, I think I, I started to, to go over this point earlier, you know, that's what tanks a lot of businesses in the third and fourth year, you want to treat yourself because, you know, you made some things happen. And, you know, then you get that tax schedule, you know, a lot of people forget you, you want to buy yourself a $50,000 car, or, you know, spend $10,000, better have 40% of that lined up. Yeah. <laughs> come, right, right, come right, March, that, that, no that yeah. investment better have been important. That lifestyle upgrade, it, it better be a big deal or that needs to go back into your business. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing that we've really held on is, you know, almost that, my my savings now is raw materials you know if i've got raw materials on the shelf you know i've got i've got accounts i've got the ability to go get new accounts yeah you know that kind of gives me the security of the you know what's what's available doesn't isn't so important day to day you know but that even takes years you know to get to and, and you know it's you're right you say it's not for everybody it's you've got to have the idea of building something over five ten you know longer than that you've been here you've how long has Top Strength been? Top Strength started the two six locations. and a half years ago. Yeah. This location, three and uh, th- December was was three years. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on four, but like th- three and a half years here, six and a half altogether. But that is a, a huge investment back in the company to get the bigger space to, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's huge equipment upgrades. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned this to you before, you've never seen a cable attachment you're afraid of, you know, and. and Whatever uh, it is. I'm happy to get it because not only do I want to have the stuff, but it also kind of makes me more excited to come to work if I have this new piece. Yeah. Um, my, my PT, who I'm very, very close with, was hesitant to buy this specific Kaiser air resistance cable machine. It was like seven grand. And he's like, you know, it's fucking awesome, but I don't know if I can spend the money. I said, dude, what are you talking about? Pull your phone out right fucking now and order. I'm not leaving until you order that fucking cable thing. He's like, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, do you like believe in yourself? He's like, yeah. I was like, I believe in you. I was like, do you want that cable machine? Yeah. I was like, you're being so excited to show up to work every day mm-hmm. and take through exercises on that cable machine. I was like, and you will make it back. I said, order that fucking thing right now. Yeah. And, and he and, did. Yeah. And it's awesome. He loves it. It's a great, and, and the, the people with the mind for that machine that, that can really build value in that thing, yeah, that'll definitely pay for itself with, yeah. with what it can do. It's just way beyond a cable. And even more so than that, it's nice to have all the nicest equipment or what I consider to be the nice equipment. It's really nice to have the nicest equipment and have a great facility to, to hold it all and all that. But really what it comes down to, and I can say the same for you and your business model after speaking to you, um, is it's relationships. It's people. It's, it's, ha- it's filling the doors with like-minded people that share your passion, share your drive to share it with. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, I've been to, yeah. I've been to a lot of other gyms, um, 
we, we talked about the, the, the other type of person that can start a business, someone with a lot of expendable dollars. So I've been to those gyms, these three, four, five million dollar facilities. They're fucking amazing. It's ridiculous. But you know what? I go there and I lift there and it kind of feels empty. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels empty. It stays open. It probably runs at a massive loss. It's probably a huge write-off for whatever else they're making their money on. And it's a beautiful facility, but it feels empty. And I can't wait to get home and train yeah. here with this stuff, with all they my boys and sold. girls. You know, it's, it's, it's much more to me than that. And I think it's the same for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have a product that, that you think is best, that, that you stand behind, that you believe in. But it's, it's the relationships that you've created and continue to create and maintain that, that really adds value and, and makes your business successful. I truly believe that. Yeah, thank you. So with all that being said, um, I would like to get something in the books to meet again, and we can speak more specifically about your CBD products, um, what they do, how they work, um, really kind of sift through a lot of the BS and uh, and buzzwords and things that you spoke about, because I think that that's, that's something I'd really like to offer to our listeners is kind of your take and your expertise on your products, why you use them, um, when to use them and how to use them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So we'll get, we'll get in the books maybe within the next couple months and, and we'll get you on and we'll really we'll really dive into that a bit more if you'd be interested. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for the time and we'll be in touch. Yeah, All thank right? you, Steve. Be well. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. That was episode six or seven or whatever. Um, and we'll catch up with you for the next one. Thanks again. All right, so that just about wraps up today's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Top Strength Cast. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Uh, if you did, in fact, enjoy it, please leave a five-star review, like, share, whatever it may be to help get the word out. We really appreciate the support. Um, and also, your, your feedback. Your feedback means a lot to me. Feel free to reach out, uh, shoot me a DM directly at StripCam or comment below you know like i said in the intro it's most important to me to offer as much value through this platform as possible and it's it's very helpful in doing that to to get your guys feedback let me know what you like what you don't like what you want to hear um i really want to provide the best service possible so thanks again so much for listening we'll see you guys over there and we'll see you next week for the next episode thanks again